0: Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at OrthoCarolina.com. OrthoCarolina. You improve. Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. I am your host, Ashley Mahoney, and joining me today is first-time guest, but someone you are very, very familiar with, Charlotte FC midfielder, Brent Bronico. Brent, I was about to say Charlotte 49ers. That is still where my mind is when it comes to, I mean, you were with Chicago for 2017 to 2020, but still, when I think of you, I still think of Brent Bronico, Charlotte 49ers midfielder, You
1: come like all of our games. (laughs) I feel like it's habit by now.
0: (laughs) It it is. It is indeed. And even with teammates who have gone on to play professionally, it's still like it's ingrained in you. But nevertheless, (laughs) we're, we're thrilled to have you on. And we're thrilled to cover your transition from playing for the 49ers to the professional ranks. And now you're back here. You are the third signing for Charlotte FC. And, I think this is something that no matter what else this club does, the fact that the signing announcement came out on your wedding day to fellow 49ers alum and women's soccer player, Rebecca Beatty, now Rebecca Bronico, I think that's something that's going to go down in the history books for sure.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I feel like just to like recap the day as a whole, um, everybody told us, you know, it was going to go by super um, originally. And then I started like – Hearing my phone go off and just keep going off and going off, and I was like, "Oh shoot!" Like I guess they announced it, and I was like, "I can't believe like they announced it on my like my wedding day!" Like how perfect um, it could have li- lined up. Um, so, you know, it was uh, definitely a special, super special day uh, for Rebecca and I, um, just to know that um, we were getting married for one, and um, also that we were going to be spending our first year of marriage and hopefully many more years of marriage in, uh, and in Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, back where we met and back where we both, uh, played soccer. Um, so it definitely meant a lot. Um, it was, initially it was like, I was trying not to look and my phone. I was like, okay, look, I got to focus on the wedding. Like, yep. you know, it was like in the past, you're trying to like, you know, be nice and give back to them in a timely manner. But I was like, okay, let's prioritize the wedding today. You know, let's enjoy that. Let's set that up. And then, um, We'll get back to everybody else, you know throughout the weekend and next week um, so really like I really just wanted to uh, wanted to enjoy the weekend um, with my wife and friends and you know it was a special time you know when everybody found out that we were going back to Charlotte so honestly you know you couldn't have written it up any better like it was it was such a perfect weekend. Um, I wish I could do it. I wish I could do it again
0: <laughs> Well hey someday when they're you know the the HBO or Netflix or whichever, Outlet picks up one and there's a, the Brant Bronico, the movie. It's, I mean, you've already got, like, look, you don't even have to have, you know, script writers come in and put all this together. It's here. You couldn't have written it better. Yeah, less. it's true. It's
1: easy. It's easy now. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. And I mean, to top it off, you had a former 49er teammate officiate the ceremony. I mean, come on. You, you, you've just given us all, all of the fabulous <laughs> things to, to work with here.
1: Yeah. I know Hans, Hans did a great job too. Um, he said he didn't like speaking in front of uh, our, you know, like, public speaking. Um, but I was like, come on, man, like, it's my wedding. Like, you, you know, you're, you mean a lot to me. Um, and he was like, he kind of sucked it up. I was like, okay, I'll do it. And he was a great sport about it. Like, got ordained in uh, New, or- New Orleans and um, did a did a fantastic job for Rebecca and I. And obviously it meant the world for us. So I was super happy that he did it and, and super proud of the way he did it.
0: So what's the process like for getting ordained?
1: Um, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's actually that tough. He just said that he had to go online and, you know, complete like an application and, you know, like pay a fee. And then he was good to go. And I was like, oh, okay, like, that's not too bad. And I think it was mainly like the public speaking part that he was like, I don't know. Like, but <laughs> I was like, nah, you got it. and He did. He did a fantastic job.
0: Well, hey, you're you're married now, so obviously yeah, yeah. something went well. But yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> you're you're in that process of enjoying, you know, the first few months because it feels like December was yesterday. But at the same time, yeah. no, it's it's St. Patrick's Day for one. We're over halfway through March. Everything is, I mean, preseason training for all intents and purposes starts for you. I mean, I know you've been training with local programs and so forth throughout the area throughout this time, but. Preseason training really kicks off for you on March 22nd, and now that the uh, the official word has come down from the club, you'll be spending the 2021 season on loan with the Charlotte Independents. So you'll become, as of today, the first player to have played for the 49ers, primarily nationally ranked program, Division One soccer here in Charlotte, USL Championship side, the Independents, and the MLS side, the inaugural MLS side with Charlotte FC. I mean not a bad way
1: to write some history <laughs> no no not at all um yeah i know i was like i was I actually thought of that when i found when i found out that i was gonna be on la- going on loan to to the independence, um and when we we made that decision uh with the charlotte fc staff because i mean there were other options but um i think the independence would have been would it like was like the best option for for rebecca and i and you know with her job and us getting settled back in and just being back in Charlotte, you know, this is this is why we signed with Charlotte, this, because we wanted to come back. Um, and for me, like Charlotte, you know, playing for the Charlotte 49ers, that was ultimately my pathway um, into a, a professional environment. And I, I made it a goal of mine and uh, my priority to be back in Charlotte and to be an integral part of, you know, the Charlotte soccer community. Um, just because without Charlotte soccer, you know, I wouldn't be back in Charlotte playing soccer now. Um, so I thought it was, I thought it was important to, uh, get back here. Um, and, you know, I was blessed enough to be signed by Charlotte FC and, and I wanted to stay in Charlotte. Um, so I was committed to the city and I, and I was committed to being back here. So I'm excited for the opportunity to do all of that.
0: And what is Rebecca doing now that, uh, her playing days are over, unless there's something we should know about her signing with the courage sometime soon. What, what does life after soccer look like for her?
1: Now, I told her she should, she should still play soccer, but she was like, no, <laughs> my playing days are over. Um, so she actually just graduated in December with her master's in mental health counseling. And she is getting licensed in North Carolina. Um, she actually just accepted a job offer um, this past week. Um, so she'll be working and she's getting licensed maybe in two to three weeks and she'll start her job then. Uh, so she's, she's a working woman now. Um, and I'm super proud of her, you know, for getting a master's and, and being a great sport about, you know, cause moving, you know, it's stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I'm super proud of her and I know she's, uh, she's extremely happy to get her career kicked off as well.
0: And oh, give her our best and congratulations. Of course, I mean, the, the best part about, you know, knowing the two of you for so long is, you know, not only did you have to deal with me covering you in college, she did as well, especially with that 2016 team that got that NCAA tournament bid. I'm just saying it was a very, very, very cold Conference USA tournament. But that's what clubs are for, and I'm not the one who had to play in it. it <laughs>
1: so. no, right. was easy. It was easy. It
0: was good. <laughs> but now that, you know, the process of moving during a pandemic, no, not fun, not fun at all, but you've done it. You're here. What is the time in Charlotte been like? And I mean, Charlotte's changed a lot over the last year alone. What's different from when the two of you were here at school versus now?
1: You know, when Rebecca and I came back, we were like, wow, you know, like this city has grown so much. Um, obviously, you know, we were here in 2019 when I proposed to Rebecca at uh, Romare Barron, but we didn't have like too much time. To go and like explore the city because she had to get back for school and, and it was just, uh, we only had a couple of days and I was focused on <laughs> the proposal, obviously. Um, but yeah, we were talking like, we couldn't believe like how much development, um, just the city has in general. Um, I just feel like everything has expanded so much. Uh, there's so much to do. Um, and you know, now that soccer is coming here and it's going to become even, even bigger than it was, um, we were just, <laughs> Super excited. I remember talking to Rebecca on the drive in because we actually drove up from, uh, Mande- uh Mandeville, Louisiana
0: oh where her parents
1: live. Yeah. So Ooh. that was like an 11 nice and a half hour. Yeah. 11 and a half oh hour drive goodness. and just like seeing the city skyline as we were driving in. It just, like I thought I was like, man, this just like makes me happy, uh, to see this and to be back and, um, to be a part of, uh, you know, such a, such a big thing in this city. Um, it, it just made us happy.
0: Is this something that you envisioned happening while you were playing for the 49ers? Or was it something that's like, yeah, it's, it's nice to think about. It's a nice dream to have. But you're not just coming in, you know, a couple of years down the road after the club's already been here and been established. You're helping write the narrative of what Charlotte FC's inaugural season will look like. I mean, was that something that seemed possible a couple of years ago?
1: Um, I know there was like, you know, maybe like a couple of rumors that Charlotte might get an MLS team. But I don't like to believe rumors, so I never really thought too much into it. I'd be like, "Well, you know, if Charlotte got an MLS team. Like, I want to be a part of that <laughs> for sure." But I was just focused on, you know, the day to day. You know, just focusing on my career. And if it happens, then you know maybe we can act towards it. And if it didn't happen, well, you know that's just that it was out of my control. Um, but once I found out that Charlotte FC was or Charlotte was getting an MLS team, I like <laughs> I texted my agent. And I said. I want to, I want to be in Charlotte. Like, if we can get the, if we can get to Charlotte, I want to be in Charlotte. And that was, I forgot, maybe it was like December 17th of 2019 when they announced it or something around that. I remember texting them and I was like, Charlotte just got an MLS team, like, let's make it happen. (laughs) Um, so once I found out, it was definitely like something that I wanted to be a part of and I'm super excited and super grateful that I am a part of it.
0: It was almost a year. I mean, it may have been quite a year to the day from when the club was announced to when you signed with the club. So, I mean, a lot can change in a year, a lot can, yeah, a lot can change in a week, it but <laughs> it's um, I mean, exactly. Like you went from the process of, well, one, getting married, brand new club, brand new city, and a, a whole lot wrapped into that time. So you've been here for a couple of months now. You've had an opportunity to train with the academy side, train with local high schools who have won multiple state championships. Ie, Providence High School. So, what is that process like? Because now, for a lot of these kids, I mean, I'll I'll put on my hat and say, if this opportunity had presented itself when I was in high school, I mean, that's that's not really something that every kid gets to do. And you get to help them say, hey, it's here. Like, if you want it, go for it. So, what has that experience been like?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I I think I felt the same way. You know, when I was when I was in high school, even later middle school years, I just. I remember thinking and wishing that there was a player that I could reach out to or talk to that was local, uh, whose shoes I wanted to be in essentially. Um, so I was like, so now that I'm in a position to do so, you know, that's kind of what, um, what I'm trying to do is that I can, I can become an outlet or or an avenue for these kids if they have questions or, you know, just to, just to talk, um, about the game and, and how I did it or share my story, you know, whatever, whatever's on their mind. Um, and if they want to get better, um, you know, I'm here. And so that's kind of what I made it a goal, especially, uh, especially with the Academy kids. Um, you know, I played in an Academy about an hour down the road, um, in Greensboro. So, um, I know, I know what it's like to be in their shoes. I know what it's like to play, play U16, U18 Academy. Um, and ultimately I just want to, I just want to help. And, and I want to grow to, I want to grow soccer in this in this community because I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be a huge a huge soccer culture here in Charlotte. Um and, and I wanna be a a big part of that.
0: Speaking of someone who's definitely been a part of you know, helping grow the game in the city, Kevin Langan. I mean, it's hard to think of Charlotte soccer and not think about what he's accomplished during his going on a decade, but not quite as head coach of the 49ers. But over the weekend, he celebrated his hundredth win. I mean, it, it was a three nil conference USA victory against Alabama Birmingham. I mean, can, again, there seems to be a lot of moments. There's something going on with Charlotte soccer. A lot of moments where you just, you couldn't write it better. What, what have you seen out of him or what are your thoughts in terms of you know, him reaching that milestone?
1: Um, well, first I'm not surprised at all. I mean, Kev he he knows the game well. He knows how to how to run a culture. He knows how to manage players. Um, he has a great soccer environment. He has a great staff around him, um, and he's at a, he's at a school where they they take care of the soccer team. Um, so, you know, obviously I'm not surprised. And uh, first and foremost, like I'm super grateful for what everything kev did did to me and did for me um you know it gave me so much so much insight um like i said the culture and the environment it's it's there and it breeds players who want to go to the next level um if you if you want to put the time in and if you want to use the avenues um he he gives you that option and yeah i'm sure 200 will probably come quicker than 100 uh for him um just because he's he's been a head coach for a while now and I mean, I'm just – I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for that program. Um And I can't thank Kevin enough for everything he did for me and what he's doing for that program. Um, if there's any guy for the job, it's Kevin Langan, that's for sure.
0: So future Charlotte FC head coach one day, maybe, possibly. Not necessarily right off the bat, unless that's um, something that, you know, the, the walls should be whispering. But maybe, you know, someday down the road if that's in his – um aspiration wheelhouse or he he might just say, you know what, the collegiate ranks. I mean, he's done a phenomenal job with the program. There's, there's something different for, uh, for everyone on that note.
1: Yeah. I mean, you never know. I mean, I, I'd be one to vouch for him. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) And I remember when you first signed with Chicago, you were drafted in 2017 and he talked about, okay, year one, go through, get it under your belt and the grind of year two And having to solidify, okay, you know, pay your dues as a rookie. Now it's time to prove that, yes, you belong here long-term. What has the journey been like for you in terms of saying that this isn't just a, hey, yeah, I made it to the professional level. This is great. Play a season or two. Say that you got to do that. Enjoy it. Call it a day. What is the, I know that grind set is definitely part of your repertoire, but what has the process been like of saying this is something that you want to do long term?
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely hasn't been easy. You know, anything that's worth having is never easy. Um, but I've always wanted to be a professional soccer player playing in the MLS since I was nine or ten years old. Um, I remember we had a, we had like a, I don't know, it was like a video in it. A video for like each classmate in fifth grade and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they asked me, are they, and they asked me that and I said, oh, well, I want to be a professional soccer player. Like no brainer, right? <laughs> when you're like nine, 10 years old. Um, and they're like, well, what if that doesn't happen? And I was just like dumbfounded. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, what do you mean if that doesn't happen? Like that's what I want to be. And so that's always been, um, just like kind of like deep, deep in me, like a deep dream, a deep goal. Um, that I've always wanted to manifest, and I put like like I always put the time in, I always put the work in, and I made sure that I was gonna make it. And if I didn't make it, at least I used every single ounce of my ability and my effort to go towards that goal. Um, but fortunately for me, you know, I did get drafted to the Chicago Fire, and and then it was like the next step. It was like it got even harder. You know, it just it just kept getting it kept it keeps getting harder. But you learn you learn ways to adapt, you learn ways to cope. Um, and you you, you learn you a lot about yourself, honestly, um, while also learning a lot from other players. I was fortunate enough to play with uh, Schweinsteiger and and Dax McCarty. I mean, two great great midfielders and people to learn from. And like I said, I usually I'd always pick their minds and their brains, and they would always you know be willing to to give me advice and whatnot. Um, so you know, learning about yourself, learning from other players. Um, and then, and then proving and applying what you learned. Um, so it's, it's, it's not easy. You know, it's, there's a lot of pressure, but you know, you really just have to, like, you gotta get your, you gotta get your grind set right. And then, and then, you know, things will start opening up and opportunities will come. And then you just have to make sure you take advantage of those opportunities.
0: And the opportunity for the next, not even year, but the next several months will be this time. With the Independents, what do you remember about the Independents? I know that they've played the 49ers many, many, many times over the years in terms of just preseason friendlies or bringing guys into training and so forth. But what was your knowledge of the Independents heading into this loan?
1: Um, yeah, so I was somewhat, somewhat familiar with them. Um, I haven't kept up too much in the, in the previous years, maybe a little bit with like former players that I played with, um, that have played for them um but i just remember when we did we did play preseason games in college they were always always scrappy games cuz we were college guys and they they were the only professional team in in the city and we were like oh well we can beat these guys like let's like, we made it a goal to go out there and beat them and i think more often than not like we did um but obviously you know they've grown a lot i feel like they've gotten better um over the years and last year they had a, they had a good season um so I'm just excited to be a part, like a part of the independents this year and to build off of last season. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, win some trophies with them this year.
0: I remember covering many of those games. They were always very chippy of all, like, yeah. I, see, seeing you guys play against other teams, seeing them play other, you know, preseason matches and so forth. I was like, man, this is particu- particularly chippy. Okay. All right. But yeah. I'll always, <laughs> always in, uh, in, um, in good uh, good spirits,
1: though. Yeah, it? it was always fun there. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, definitely. But now, of course, you know, joining with them, you'll play in Elizabeth just, I mean, a couple of miles from Bank of America Stadium at American Legion Memorial Stadium. A newly renovated one at that, but that's another saga about that stadium for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be a chance to, one, like you said, stay close to home. And, of course, it would have been, uh, with COVID, I'm sure, very not so much difficult, but uh, a little bit more of a hassle to say, all right, you signed with the club, you're coming here. Now we're going to ship you off to England and Spain, wherever. And that, uh, I'm sure it's much easier to just say, you know what? I'm going to play a couple minutes down the road. Perfectly fine. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, and I think them coming and playing in the city this year will, will also help grow the game in Charlotte as well. Uh, so I'm particularly looking forward, forward to that. And, um, you know, hopefully meeting some supporters from the independents and uh, Charlotte FC. Um, so it's a good opportunity for me and for the club as well.
0: And throughout the next several months, is there anything that you're working on specifically with your game?
1: Um, specifically, um, I think just going out and, and enjoying the, enjoying playing again. Um, I didn't get that many minutes last year um, for, you know, various various reasons. Um, but I'm excited to play again. I'm excited to play games again. Um, and I really want to work on, you know, going forward with the ball, uh, getting more involved in the attack and, and playing some exciting soccer. Uh, so that's what I'll be focusing on this year. And I can't wait to play, um, 90 minutes again.
0: What would you say are the biggest areas of your technical development over the last three, four years?
1: I think um specifically uh, my first touch and my decision making you know like I said you learn a lot from other guys and watching them play and kind of like the decisions and ideas that you get from them and I've learned that your first touch and your deci- the decisions that you make are probably the two most important parts of the game maybe right after finishing um but usually those two things help your finishing as well um but yeah I think the, those two things, I'm always focused on improving that, um, and I always try to improve that. So, if we want to talk like t- technical specifics, it's those it's those two uh, pieces of the game.
0: And now I have to ask, who's the best player, well, the player with the best first touch that you've ever played with? And if it happens to be Schweinsteiger, I feel like, I mean, there's a potential for that, but who who wins that competition?
1: Yeah, no, it's Schweinsteiger for sure. I mean. <laughs> It's so he's just so elegant with his movements and his touch. You um, really, it's just like he makes it look so easy, and you're just like, how did he do that? But obviously, you know, he's a world class player, um, won a lot of very, very important trophies. So you would expect you would expect it out of a out of a guy like him.
0: Now, of course, there's a lot of talk about you know, quote unquote uh, world class players, big name players, insert given description here, and about Charlotte FC. SC- I would say air quotes, but people will be listening to this. They won't be able to see air quotes. So I'm telling you now air quotes, but that Charlotte FC needs to sign a nickname name player as well leading up to the upcoming season. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. Their inaugural season. Upcoming season is 2021. We still got a little ways till 2022. But having played in the league, what are your thoughts on seeing the you know, players who are more established like Schweinsteiger. Schweinsteiger came in having won basically everything there is to win, and obviously you learned a lot from him. But do you think that there's – that's a necessity in the league or it's just something that people like to see?
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it just depends on, you know, what big-name player you're bringing in, you know, how, how, he, how he's approaching, you know, a new league um, like the MLS. And, um, I guess, kind of like what stage he's at with his career, and what kind of guy he is um I think if I think Schweinsteiger was the perfect signing for Chicago Fire just because he was invested, you know, he always wanted to win, he was willing to help all the players. he didn't have a big ego um and he was a very, very good player, and important piece to that team um so if you sign a guy like him, like one hundred percent, yeah, you should do it um, but I don't think. You know, if it's if it's not like if it's not like Schweinsteiger, you don't. I don't think you need to do it, Um, Mm -hmm. because it's just like you want. If you win games, people are gonna come to the games, like regardless. You'll have you'll have big names once you win, because you you're gonna have winners on the team. So I think it's more important to build a team that you think is gonna win, as opposed to just bringing one or two guys in that have big names that you know, maybe, maybe won't breed a winning, a winning team. So I think for me, it's more important to build a team that's going to win as opposed to one or two guys who are big names that, you know, might not do the trick.
0: Exactly. And it sounds like there's certainly a mix of that. We'll go back to the Schweinsteiger example of someone who's yes, in that latter part of their career, but serves more as a mentor versus, all right, well, Hey, I'm coming over here to get paid. And You know, they're bringing me in to sell tickets basically and sell jerseys versus, like you said, you can find that balance of, well, I know that this is something that the technical staff, i.e., Mark Nichols, uh, has spoken to in terms of wanting to really build up from the academy and having those homegrown players versus saying, all right, let's go ahead and spend a ton of money on two, three players and so forth. But that's all semantics that I'm sure we will be discussing much more as things continue and as signings continue but right now the club has four signings have you had a chance to speak with uh fellow midfielders riley mcgree or sergio ruiz yet or even uh defender jan how do you say on jan's last name
1: honestly i, I don't i'm not sure i'll <laughs> we'll have to have i I'm, I'm mispronounce it um
0: we'll have to have uh jan's Sab- Uh, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this and I'm butchering your last name, you'll have to come on the podcast and tell me how to say it because that's, that's the best way to fix this. But have you had a chance to speak with any of them yet?
1: Um, just like briefly, you know, like congrats or, um, you know, on signing and then, you know, kind of little things like that. Um, obviously they're all, they're all still in season. Um, so hopefully we can reach out, I guess more personally, you know, when their season is over since, uh, Three of them will kind of be in off season, and I'll be the only one, the only one playing, uh, given that there's yeah. no more signings in that time. Um,
0: <laughs> and yeah. I know, of course, the other, uh, element that comes with signing players is, you know, the, uh, fur babies, if you will, that they bring with them, because apparently Charlotte FC's porters seem to be in love with Jan's dog. And I know that you said that you and Rebecca are kind of looking at maybe, down the road, is that uh, something that should be looked for in
1: 2021? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Re- Rebecca's really pushing it to, to get a dog, and I'm like, okay, like let's just wait till we find a house, you know, yep. um, so we don't have to like put, put the dog in the move as well. <laughs> um, so I'm like, look, I'm down to get a dog, but let's mm-hmm. just wait until we get a house first.
0: Yep, exactly. Um, so
1: you know, if we if we get a house this year, then we will for sure have a dog this year. <laughs>
0: Well, much success with the house hunt because, I mean, that would be two moves mid-pandemic or who knows. Maybe we'll see light at the end of the tunnel and be on the other side of this before too long. I hope so. Oh, yeah. I mean, one move, I feel like one move during a pandemic is plenty for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, we'll certainly be keeping our eyes open. Have you discussed the type of dog? That's right. These are the hard-hitting questions that we ask sometimes. Yes. (laughs) I
1: Rebecca's kind of all over the place with what kind of dog she wants. Um, first, she said she wants a Chihuahua, but then she said she wants a Golden Retriever. Um I'm
0: biased they, on the Golden.
1: Go for the Golden. Kind of like all <laughs> over the place. Um, we both do love Chihuahuas, though. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I kind of want a Pitbull. So, mm-hmm. They're you know, so we'll, sweet. They're so, yeah, so sweet. They
0: get a bad rap, are, but they're the sweetest.
1: That's what I'm saying. I totally agree. So we'll see, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have two dogs you know, when we, if we can't decide on one. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, but definitely something to look for this year.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, we're, uh, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. We love dogs, but at the same time, we're definitely more cat people. So at some point there's going to be a cat who's probably like, you're just going to see a tail fla- like bouncing oh, for through. Sure. So, sure. uh, <laughs> yes. But next time we'll have to, we'll have to introduce the fur babies on the podcast, but in the meantime, in between time, Brent, thank you so, so much for joining me on Sports Charlotte. I'm so glad that after many, many years, the better part of half of a decade, we've finally had you on the podcast.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. I'm super happy to be here and hopefully, you know, looking forward to more episodes on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. You, hey, you know that I'll be somewhere around a corner saying, hey, I have questions bugging you yeah. <laughs> in the not-too-distant future. But in the meantime... Yeah, no, it's all
1: good. Looking forward to it.
0: Yes. Definitely. How can people stay in contact with you or keep up with what you're doing? I know social media is a great tool for that. How can they follow you on Twitter, Instagram, the works?
1: Yeah, uh, both of my handles are bronerbro 13 on Twitter and Instagram. So I would say those two are the best the best ways to follow me.
0: Now I have to ask, number 13, is that cemented for the upcoming season or is that something that you'll have to wait for until 2022 with Charlotte FC?
1: No, that is cemented for this season so uh, (laughs) we are we are good (laughs) (laughs)
0: very important part of the loan deal like hey you want me on loan number 13 13. (laughs) 13. all right very important things well again thank you so much and listeners thank you for joining us for this episode make sure that you head over to the charlottepost.com slash news slash qcfc for all the queen city football chronicle content as you know every tuesday our free newsletter hits your inbox at 7 a.m. because bright and early is how we start the day so make sure that you head over there check it out what else the post is reporting on and look for the print edition every Thursday so until next time I'm Ashley Mahoney thank you for listening Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network powered by Ortho Carolina. now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home schedule online at OrthoCarolina.com Ortho Carolina, you improved.